Welcome to the Bronxshire Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. And today, for our special 10th episode, we're also joined by NBA player Ryan Brockoff. For our first-time listeners, Jack and I are coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, which is actually where Ryan's from originally, and it's currently 8.30 a.m. on Monday, the 7th of September here, and... I think it's 5.30 p.m. in Dallas, Texas, where Ryan is. If you are, in fact, new to the show, please consider subscribing, following, or whatever that but it is on your podcast app. We're on we're on every podcast app, so if you want to recommend to a friend or even switch over to another app, then do so, and we'll be on that other app. In terms of if you are listening from Apple Podcasts or iTunes, five-star reviews and any reviews you can give us is greatly appreciated, really goes a long way to helping the show grow. And also, we're on social media. On Twitter, we are Bronx Cheer B-Ball. On Facebook and Instagram, we are simply the Bronx Cheer Basketball. So please go and check us out on those. On today's show, we, of course, have our special guest, Ryan, on. We're going to be asking him about his whole basketball journey, starting off here in Frankston, Victoria, Australia, all the way to the NBA, and we're going to be obviously asking him for a bit of an inside take on on his experience up till now. We're also going to have a bit of fun at the end, play a bit of a game. It's going to be a great show. We're ready to go. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board if you enter a player on either team. Decker's going to the pass. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Sheer Basketball Show. I'm joined with my usual co-host, Jack Lynch. How are you going, JL? Yeah, good. Thank you, Nathan. I'm very excited for today's episode. And I'm joined by the one and only Ryan Brockoff. How are you going, Ryan? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I'm sure you're aware of this as a as a big fan of the show you are. Absolutely. Uh, you're our very first special guest, mate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah, that's it. So, so overall, how are you holding up in, the, in this year they call 2020? It's been a strange one, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's had a lot of uh, ups and downs and, and probably more uh, more downs, but... Uh, you know, I'm 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 healthy and my family's healthy, and and that's kind of the main main uh, the main thing. It's good to hear that your family's healthy because I believe I read that um, Katie was high risk at one stage. <laughs> yeah, she she has a an underlying um, medical condition. So uh, when she did test positive a couple of months ago, we were, we were sort of a little, little bit uh, a little bit worried, but um, she was able to get through it pretty 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 uh, pretty well, and and. You know, has been fine for the last, um, you know, sort of five, six weeks. Um, so, 
it uh, it's good to know that you know it's it's not as scary, I guess, for in in her circumstance. Like she was the one out of the whole family, besides you know, I mean, my son at at some point that you know you kind of really worried about, but um, luckily it uh, didn't affect her too badly. And I believe you were planning to visit home uh, this year. I assume that didn't work out. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of plans this year that uh, that didn't sort of work out, but. Yeah, it was it. We, we had flights booked for, I think it was about July. Um, we had it all booked before the NBA sort of um, uh, decided that it was going to come back. And before, I don't know, there was it was looking like there was optimism that um, things were going to get better quicker. So we had we had flights booked, but um, unfortunately, the airline cancelled them. And um, it's just yeah, it's a it's a long long way to go. And and you know, my wife and son are just U.S. citizens and not Australian citizens, so just working out visas and, and uh, the quarantine once you land, it, it was just a lot um, during that time period. And, and then the NBA came back on and, and there was the opportunity to, to restart the season. So there's a lot of uh, decisions to be made in a pretty short amount of time. It's been it's been a chaotic year for everyone, I suppose. Um, but moving towards basketball, um, I noticed in your Draft Express workout video from 2013 that you, um, you mentioned that shootings always come quite naturally to you uh, because you mm-hmm. were surrounded by the game at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your memories of basketball as a child? I think I just always remember, I don't know, always just kind of being around it. Um, I don't remember, you know, the stories that mum would tell me about should take me to, you know, the stadium at a, at a young age and that I'd watch and and try and go out at halftime or timeouts and try and shoot the ball or anything like that. I, I don't really remember that too much. I think I was probably a little too young, but just always, um, always seemed to be playing basketball at school or, you know, um, once, you know, once I got to sort of seven and eight, even nine years old, you know, playing a few times a week and then you start training a few times a week and it, it was just sort of always uh, besides from you know school was kind of the constant growing up that that sports were and, and especially basketball uh, you played your junior basketball in in Frankston which is just on the other side of town from where we are mm-hmm. uh, multiple times you've mentioned coach Andrew Jacobson and what what is it about him and and the Frankston Blues that you reckon sent you on the path to success Frankston has uh, got a great history of, of uh, producing basketballers and uh, developing young talent. Um, David Anderson, um, one of the greatest Australian basketballers, very, very underrated, but uh, one of the greatest for, uh, Australian basketballers um, is from the Frankston, went through Frankston as well. And, um, yeah. you know, Andy J, um, Andrew Jacobson, I should say, um, you know, just just. Was came at the right time for for teaching fundamentals and and the basics of not just not just shooting but but everything in general and, and was very particular and and very uh, constant about teaching us those fundamentals and and shooting was was such a big part of it at, at that you know young age I think you know you're eleven or twelve or somewhere and you know pretty young where you're still just basically heaving the ball at the ring and the backboard and you know hoping it yeah. goes in but Nath still does that, Ryan. <laughs> you got to send me a, a video clip of that. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's that age where you're starting to, you know, get a little bit stronger and grow a little bit and, and, and things like that. So, um, getting the 
technique and and the form down while you know your body's growing and, and then being able to develop it over time was uh was very instrumental in, in getting you know me to where i am today with my shooting and then once you finished high school and uh, you know just into the ais as well um you headed to america to play college ball at valparaiso in indiana as an australian you sort of get this picture of american college life that's you know sort of what we assume to be greatly exaggerated through the movies and the tv shows what was your experience like there for the four years yeah definitely probably greatly uh, exaggerated in the movies um you know i i went to a um a private sort of smaller um university here in in the states um definitely not a what you consider a party school or a, you know anything like that and, and i'm sure the movies probably do you know show a little bit of what that life is like at, at the bigger state schools but um you know my, my time Valpo, we had a lot of fun and, and we had you know amazing i had amazing friends and teammates and um it really was a, a great little kind of community um or you, everyone kind of knows everyone and you know you see the same people but yeah it's definitely definitely wasn't like what the uh, the movie showed i uh went to america just earlier this year and, and i had to come back early because of the coronavirus of course mm-hmm. um and i went to a, a college game in in phoenix in arizona and i had to realize that you know, these are all sort of 18-year-olds and there's there's no alcohol on campus. They made us walk through a bit of a, a security thing at the, you know, the front. The the movies pitch it to be, you know, so many red red drinking cups, plastic cups. And, the solo cups they're called <laughs> over here. Yeah, all, the, all those. <laughs> and it's just, it seems like such a fun time. And then I realized, oh, this, there's actually some colleges that are obviously – um, religious and private, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and obviously, so many of them uh, don't allow alcohol on campus. Yeah, my 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 school was like that. You know, no alcohol on campus. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of those um, college things are about the big big schools or big big football programs. And um, but yeah, there there are some small schools like like Valpo or went where it's a, a little bit more um, reserved. And while we're talking about Valpo, yeah, um, we got to bring this up. It, <laughs> no, before before we get to that, Nave, because I know what you want to say. But is it true? Straight that, to it. Um, is it true that you were recruited because they were looking at one of your friends and teammates? That's 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 what I was told during the time. So, uh, yeah, yes, obviously, is very prestigious program in Australia, and um, you know the the like the the basketball names that have come through that program. Um, uh, you know, household names in Australia and, and then colleges, you know, that's sort of their first um, path to kind of look for overseas talent in Australia. And um, from, from what I got told from um, one of the assistants that was there during the time and, and recruited me uh, is they were actually looking at Cody Ellis, um, son of um, NBL champion. I think it's an NBL champion, but NBL, you know, player um, Mike Ellis. But yeah, they were looking at uh, at him, I believe, when they were first doing the recruiting and sort of spotted the skinny, awkward, lanky kid running around and sort of asked what my deal was and and what was you know what my plans were, and it kind of uh, took off from there. Your your fourth and your senior year at college, you're playing in the Horizon League tournament semi final. I can't remember how many seconds is left, but it's under under five or something like that and you you're down you're down two against green bay 
and you you bring the ball up the court and tell me what's going through your head uh, at the moment before you hit this big shot. Uh, hopefully, can we, we have we got the clip loaded? Surely we can play the clip. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll definitely put it up. Don't worry. Um, no, it was uh, it was such a back and forth game, and uh, Green Bay were a very talented team, um, and really they were on top for most of the game, and and we we came down. I think the the play before and, and Matt Kenny, another one of you know the senior last year guys, hit a, a big three over a seven footer just to kind of keep us in it, and. We yeah. fouled um, just to try and extend the game. Um, I think I was the one who actually fouled. Um, yeah. And uh, and their big seven-footer who's who's very skilled and, and, and um, a good free-throw shooter um, made the first and, you know, put us down two and we're pretty – I think it, I think in some of the, uh, the replays online, it, it sort of goes to the bench and everyone's kind of um, heads in their hands and, and kind of a yeah. little bit shocked. Yeah. Um, I'm just setting the setting the stage for everybody <laughs> listening, um, and then uh, he ends up missing the second one, which uh, kind of caught us a little bit by surprise. But being down two, and, and with I think it was like four or five seconds left, um, I was sort of thinking, let's get it to overtime. You know, try and drive. Uh, I was coming sort of down the left. It's sort of in the middle, but on the left side of the court, in, in my left hand, and I was thinking, you know, sort of hesitate cross and try and you know, get something at the rim just to force overtime and we'll let it play out in overtime and um the center that rebounded the ball was was tracking down the middle as as i sort of came down and tried to make my move and uh sort of fumbled it and had to readjust and um was just kind of like i needed to just get something at the rim you know nothing worse than getting a nothing possession so yeah. i sort of got back behind the three-point line to try to set my feet as best I could and, and the defense sort of switched. Uh, so one of their bigs switched up on me as, as I sort of went up to, to shoot and had to fade and kind of double clutch a little bit. And to be honest, when it left my hand, I was thinking, is this going to just hit straight backboard? Um, <laughs> what have I done? Um, but yeah, looking back now, it, it looks like I did everything on purpose and, and that's how, how we really should remember it. Uh, I was going to literally ask you about that. What you know, your thought process. I mean, you you, you did just sort of say it like um, because it was such a tough shot. You're falling away. You're fading out. You're double clutching, and I, you know, we all wonder what goes through the head of uh, a Ryan Rowdy broke off uh, in a moment like that. Um, just, just chucking it at the rim, apparently. Yeah, sometimes you get lucky, I guess, but just <laughs> just hoping that, uh, yeah, it kind of leaves your hands and out of it's out of your control then. And it didn't feel great out of the hands, but as I was sort of falling to the ground, it was going straight. I was like, this is a chance here. <laughs> so please be sort of the right, right distance. And, um, yeah, you kind of just hold your breath and, and hope. And we know you had 25 points and five made threes that game. You went on to win the Horizon League Championship game uh, against Wright State in the in the final. And then that obviously got you guys a berth into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. No, that was really well done for you to get. I know Valpo isn't – it's a bit of a rare attendance for them to head to the big dance. It was very exciting to, to make it. And, you know, it was my last year and we had uh... – <laughs> maybe six guys, I believe, six or seven that were all graduating the same, you know, at the end of that season. So 
it was important for us and a big goal for us to to make it one time at least. So to be a part of that was was pretty special. So after college, you went on to play professionally in Turkey and Russia for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as an Aussie in his uh, early 20s, that sounds like a, a bloody daunting experience. Can you give us a bit of an insight as to what it was like having to live in such such different cultures to the Western society, you know, you're so used to with obviously Australia and then America? Yeah, I just sort of approached it with a, an open mind. Um, this was a, a great opportunity career-wise for basketball, but not, but not also that, to be able to travel. I mean, you know, I'm in my early 20s, traveling halfway across the world to play basketball and, and during that um, during that time, we're going to be traveling to other countries and, and places that I would, you know, I wouldn't even, you know, never thought I would, I would have got to or, or traveled to or anything like that. So just went into it with an open mind and and just tried to, from a basketball standpoint, just try to prove myself and, and work hard and improve. And, um, you know, it, it was tough at times because, you know, I, I, I didn't have any, you know, friends or family or, or anything like that. But you kind of gravitate gravitate towards your uh, your teammates, and especially the, the there's a lot of Americans over there. So so the Americans just because you have that sort of bond that you speak English, and and uh, um, and that's kind of it. But you know, not having you know my my now wife, you know, was still in college, and and yeah. Yeah, we did sort of six months apart, and then six months together, and then six months apart, and and things like that. So, from from a personal standpoint, it was just it was a little lonely and uh, uh, quite a bit of time just sort of sitting in an apartment, just sort of trying to find ways to pass the time. But it was a, a chance for me to grow as a man and and become, you know, completely independent and be able to you know take care of myself and cook for myself and clean for myself and and make sure you know i can take care of myself and and you know down the road hopefully you know a family so it was a, a big growing experience and then in 2014 um you wore the green and gold at the FIBA world cup and then two years later you did it again at the 2016 rio olympics mm-hmm. um what was it like to represent australia and just being at the olympics you know can you give us an insight into that experience? Olympics is it's it's so hard to really explain the the scope of it all. Um, you know, I've been surrounded by not just the the best basketball players in the world, but the best athletes in general from you know so many different sports and backgrounds and countries, and it's it's really is um, an amazing you know experience to to get into the Olympic Village and, and just see how everyone you know prepares and and trains and eats and they have you know some some gyms on like the campus so you know you, you kind of stick your head in and, and see what you know other sports do because you know most most of the time as, as basketball is just kind of working out very basketball specific but you know it's very different to a lot of other sports out there so just getting an insight into to how other people work and take care of themselves and just to see the uh how you know how much People have been able to push themselves to to get to where they are. It was uh, it was pretty special and um and uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't end up doing the uh, the opening ceremony just because uh, we had an early game the next day. So a lot of us decided to focus on that. And and you know, basketball is the 
main reason we're there. So we wanted to make sure we got off to a good start. So uh, if I get another chance at uh, in the Olympics, I'm going to make sure I, I go do the opening ceremony just to uh, to really get the full experience. And uh, on to the summer of 2018, can you describe your feelings and the thoughts that ran through your head when your agent told you that you were going to be a Dallas Maverick? Yeah, it was uh, it was um, pretty special sort of time. I was I was away with my wife, um, you know, just getting some some I guess time away. I'd, I'd had a pretty busy schedule leading up to there, trying to get a you know get my foot in the door in the NBA. I, I think I did sort of eight. NBA workouts for teams in about two two and a half weeks. So it was it was a very sort of busy time before that. So sort of finished that just before free agency started, and, and just sort of was you know waiting around, waiting to hear if anything would come of it. And Dallas actually wasn't a team that I actually, that I worked out for. So to uh, to get the call was a, a little surprise, but uh, a very good surprise. And then we've got a few. A few more moments that would love for you to describe for us and to, to uh-huh. the listeners. Um, so in your very first NBA game um, against Phoenix, I believe you checked in and within your first minute, you'd knock down a corner three. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It's nice to get the first one out of the way, to be honest. Um, definitely some nerves. Nerves leading into the first um, regular season game. So to be able to check in and, and get – I think I had a look – on that same possession and I think I missed and then we got the offensive rebound it came straight back and as a shooter if you get two within a short amount of time you're uh, you're kind of licking your lips so it was nice to see the first the, the one go in and and just sort of um release any sort of um stress or 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 uh, expectation that it sort of had on myself just just to kind of then be able to just go out and play and, and enjoy and and just sort of let uh let my natural instincts take over instead of overthinking everything. And what about the game you dropped your career high 17 points in a in a huge blowout win over KD and the Warriors at Oracle? Um, you must have been feeling on top of the world. Yeah, it, that night was just uh, everything really just went our way. It was uh, it was one of those games where uh, everything was working for us and everyone was hitting shots and. Um, you know, for, yeah, for me especially, just with the the ups and downs of of playing and not playing and not suiting up to uh, to sort of be able to go out there and 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 prove that you know I can I can do this and and perform well and shoot the ball well and 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 not just shoot the ball but but sort of um, contribute in in a lot of different ways um, it was it was great for my confidence. I'm a big Sixers fan myself, and and I got to say it was. It was very nice of you to take the blowtorch to my Philadelphia 76ers a couple of times you played them, <laughs> knocking down, and, and the commentators going on about, you know, the Aussie connection and, and, and Ryan Brockoff and knocking down the buzzer beater three at the end of quarter time and stuff like this, and then and then blocking Ben Simmons. And, and you also blocked James Harden. Uh, I mean, first off, what was it like to, you know, get one over, I guess, sort of Ben and and I guess having another career night against the Sixers, and and what's it like to block someone like you know him and, and especially James Harden? It, uh, it 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 was a lot of fun getting out there and and, and playing you know against a couple Aussies. Um, jeez, um, why can't I think of the name right uh, now? Jonah Bolden yeah, as well. Jonah. Yeah, Jonah was there as well. So you know, getting to see a couple of Aussies and and obviously um, the connection with Brett Brown, the coach. Um, 
it was it was just fun to get out there and play and and I hadn't really played a lot before that sort of game came up so it was a little uh little um confidence booster at that part of the season and um it's just yeah it's always nice to kind of get out there and 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 make some shots and and sort of you know we'd, we'd been struggling a little bit so just to kind of bring a bit of energy to the team and, and give us you know a fighting chance during the game um and then you know blocking those two guys um i think they just uh they uh just weren't ready for just the size and athleticism that i bring <laughs> to the court um i think ben actually lost his midair and i i, I just kind of tapped it so um but oh, we'll, it, we'll it cut counts. that out yeah please do <laughs> if, if i look back at the uh the box score it definitely says block shot so it's all that matters that's all that counts and now like a lot of rookies will often talk about their welcome to the league moment or you know things like that as a mature age rookie did you did you go through that as well where you were you know walking onto the court and you're a bit bit surprised by it all no, not really. I think I think the Olympics is something that really prepares you for for everything. Um, it's kind of you know I see it as as the biggest stage. Um, you know, represent your country and 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 trying to win gold. So you know the the NBA poses different challenges and is you know the best basketball league in the world. That that's for sure. Uh, being a little bit older and 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 having some experiences. I felt um, I didn't feel as uh, I guess intimidated as, as what some of the guys coming you know directly out of college may have felt. Uh, we definitely can't go on without talking about the amazing Europeans you played alongside with at the Mavs. Mm-hmm. We we know you really enjoyed being a part of Dirk Nowitzki's final home game, and we know you loved his work ethic beyond game day. But is there anything else, especially off the court and off the practice court as well? that you took from being around such a monumental presence that that is Dirk? Just how humbly he stayed. You know, he's had all this, all this, all the success, if I can get that out. Um, you know, he's done everything there is to basically do in the NBA and, and in basketball and um, just how humble he is and, and how grounded he is. You know, he does a lot of great things in the community through his um, foundation Um how welcoming he is to to all the players, you know, no matter where you know they've kind of come from. If you're know, a high draft pick, or if they're you know someone like me that's kind of gone the long way, and he he's just a really genuine, um, caring person, and and makes and made you know me feel very very much at home. All the hype at the moment sort of surrounds Luka Doncic in the NBA, um, mm-hmm. so another another European player. Um, you know, as at a young age, he's come into the league and he's already got quite an re- impressive resume from from you know playing overseas. Um, what was it like to, to play with him as a person, as a teammate? And then, could you tell from when he walked in the doors that he was going to be you know as successful as he's been in his first two seasons? Yeah, I think I think seeing him from the start, you could you could tell that there was something different about him, something something special. He just he could do things. Um, so effortlessly. Um, you know, he, he plays at his own pace. Um, you know, it's just very rare to see. He has a great vision. You know, um, being able to be a playmaker and, and bring guys, bring other guys into the game. You know, to have that at nineteen years old coming into the NBA is is pretty special. And, and I think a lot of people over here in the US, um, 
don't appreciate what he did over in Europe at such a young age and how good European basketball is. Um, so, you know, I, I maybe a little surprised at just how quickly it all came together and, and the numbers he's put up since he first came in. I mean, they're they're pretty historic um, for for such a, a young man to, to be putting up triple doubles nightly, it, it seemed like, and um, he, he's only going to continue to grow and get better. And, and off the court, he's... He, uh, he was, you know, he was very sort of quiet at first. You know, he, he's, he's, you know, he, he's young and and you know, English obviously isn't his first language, so he was still adjusting to to everything um, when he first moved over here. But he he really opened up and he came out of his shell, and he's got a very sort of cheeky personality. You know, joking with the guys and not playing pranks, but just you know, sort of you know. Um, going back and forth and, and he's a funny guy and you know send little uh little messages in the group chats and, and things like that just to kind of keep everything pretty light and pretty pretty funny and before we get into a fun segment to finish off uh can you give us a bit of an inside word as to what's next for ryan brockoff we uh we heard the rumors about cska moscow and olympiakos being interested uh before the Sixers came knocking um what do i have to do to get you re-signed in philly <laughs> you got to get them to send me a deal. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's. I mean, you know, it, it. Unfortunately, the Orlando situation didn't work out with with my wife getting um, sick yeah. right when the the team was ready to take off, and you know, I, w- I was trying to um, find ways to to rejoin the team um, after she had uh, she had kind of got through it all and, and was given the all clear. But you know, with just such a short amount of time and um how you know the the lockdown procedures um kind of were it it just wasn't possible so you know it was it was tough to 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 be that close to sort of rejoining the nba team and and then not being able to but the you know the health and safety of my family is always going to going to trump basketball but going yeah, forward um you know it, it's sort of just a wait and see at the moment you know free agency is going to be you know sometime i think in october um after the draft. So we're just going to uh, wait around and, and, and see what happens. And, and hopefully I've uh, proven through the little limited opportunities that I've had over here that, that I belong and, and that I have a role and that a team's uh, team's willing to pick me up. Well, as a Celtics fan, Ryan, I was glad you weren't there <laughs> because the Sixers spacing has always been the biggest issue. And without, you know, such a, a lethal knockdown three-point shooter, <laughs> it made the first round a lot easier for the Celtics. So I'm going to give you, give you my Praise there. Jeez, you, you go against my Philly and then your Bombers against my Cats. I mean, it's just, me and you, we're, so awesome. we're going back and forth. We're going to have a rivalry. This, this is so great. Oh, thank you so much for that, uh, Rowdy. <laughs> how, did, um, how did the game go last night, actually? How did the Cats do? <laughs> well, I know. Do, that, you not, um, do you actually not know? Or <laughs> no, I watched the, I watched the uh, replay, so I'm very aware of the scoreline. Uh, Oh man, this is even better than I thought it would be. The Cats dynamic. I watched the Celtics lose in the morning, and I watched Essendon lose in the first quarter of an AFL game. I had a shocking day yesterday. Uh, uh, it happens. 
But anyway, uh, we all know you would have been the number one shot creator for Philly if you ended up <laughs> in Orlando. That's, uh, I mean, Philly fans, we, we love Philly to death, but um, oh, the, especially if you get on Sixers Twitter, uh, a lot of the fans want the whole front office cleaned out. It's, uh, it's a bit of, um, there's like riots going on on Sixers Twitter over the last few months. So if you could, yeah, if you can find a way to just come in there and just, uh, Bring your, you know, your accounting charm. Mm. Uh, that that'd be that'd be really beneficial for the team. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, but uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, there's a lot of time between uh, now and uh, free agency, so we'll we'll see yeah. what uh, happens. All right, so we're going to play a game called layup or pull up, which in simpler terms is play it safe or take the risk. I mean, that might be a bit redundant now that I think about it in your case because <laughs> you usually <laughs> straight through is just pull ups. <laughs> yeah, you're usually shooting something like 40-50% from from 3, but we'll call it that the the pull up is the the riskier shot mm-hmm. for uh for the hypothetical. All right, so I'm going to give you a few scenarios and you'll have to tell us whether you'll take the safe layup option or go for the risky option, which is to pull up from deep. Are you ready, mate? Yeah, let's get going. All right. Now we know, is it correct that you've uh, gradually turned to veganism with your wife? And Yeah, yeah. For the, for the most part, we, we were very strict for sort of 18 to months to two years and then we had a kid and just the... Uh, Kind of fell a little bit, but for the most part, we are we are vegan, especially when we uh, cook at home, which is very often it's it's all plant based, um, no yep. no meat, but we'll kind of indulge a little bit if we go out to a, to a nice restaurant. So I might need you to jump back in in the shoes of of pre vegan Rowdy and uh, get him to think about a couple of these. All right, scenario one: you're craving a glass of milk, bowl of cereal, tea, coffee, or whatever your favorite milk food or drink is. You go to the fridge. There's only one carton of milk. You check the use-by date, and it's yesterday's date. You try and smell to check if it's off, but you can't quite put your finger on if it's fully expired or good to go. Do you take the easy layup, throw out the milk, but of course you'll have to satisfy your craving by going out to buy fresh milk? And I hate going out to the shops. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to anymore, are you? <laughs> no, that's it. No, not, not really. Um, or do you pull up from three, give the mystery milk a go, knowing full well you may suffer the digestive consequences? Oh, if it's only one day, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up from deep, I think. Can you resist a, a good beverage or a, a good meal that's, that you're craving? No, no, not. Oh, I try to, but you know, sometimes we all fail, don't we? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. All right. So, scenario two. This one has a bit more detail. Your beautiful dog Leo is bursting with energy and annoying the crap out of you. I'm not sure if that's a. It's a very. One. That's it. That's there isn't even a question. That's just him. Ah, oh, that's awesome then. Uh, yeah. So he's annoying the crap out of you. You know that the only solution to this problem is to take him for a walk. You go to grab a poop bag, but there's none left. You also know that he loves to shit on the front lawn of your angriest neighbors. <laughs> He's barking and doing zoomies up and down the house, seemingly will not stop until you take him for a walk. Do you go for the layup and just accept his energy, put some earplugs, earplugs in, maybe drop him off at the, at the in-laws if, you, if they're around the corner or get a favor, drop him off or something like that, or... Do you pull up, take him for a walk, 
risking the chance of being chased down the street by your angry neighbours because Leo has just defecated on their lawn. <laughs> I'll probably take the uh, the layup on on this one. I, I it's it's a real annoyance, like a pet peeve of mine when I am walking the dog and you see you know another dog poop on the side and the owner just looks right at you and keeps walking, doesn't pick it up. It really really annoys me. So I'll do, I'll do the safe option and uh, and not do that. I uh, I went to experience and talked to a mate of mine who I know. I mean, uh, sorry to ang- anger you, but he he says that he always <laughs> pretends to pick it up and, and, <laughs> and he just throws it in the bushes or something like that. And I'm like, I, I said, you're probably the worst to ask. You know, you're not ever in uh, one option or the other. You always just, you know, you be a dog and you bloody leave it in the bushes. But there's always good people like yourself. He's he, he's in the grey area, isn't he? He's not he's not black and white. <laughs> he's, he's in the grey. Last one. We're bringing you home for this one. You're at a family birthday party and the finger food is fresh out of the oven. One of your aunties comes around with a big platter of stifling hot sausage rolls and party pies. You know too well that this party pie you've just picked up has an inside that's hotter than the depths of hell. Do you lay up and let it cool for a few minutes in a napkin in your hand or even, you know, give it a bit of a blow, cool it down and then eat it? But we know how long that takes with a party pie. Or... Do you pull up, dip it in some tomato sauce, try and you convince yourself that that'll help cool down, but you know damn well that you're about to have a burnt roof of your mouth, burnt tongue, and maybe even burnt fingers if the if the meat and gravy falls out the sides, you know, it all breaks up. Um, I'm pulling up from deep. That's, that's <laughs> you know, when, when they're fresh out of the oven and... It's uh, it's a specialty, especially when you're at the footy and you got to be four and twenty, and you know it's hot as lava in there. But you exactly what it, I was going to say. Douse it in some sauce and just do the old, you know, when you eat, but you're kind of breathing and blowing at the same time. You so I'm doing that option. <laughs> I, I I mean I can do the sound effect. Uh, my a good mate of mine really wanted me to do the sound effect. Please do um, the sound effect. Yes, uh, you, you know it's in your mouth and it, it's so hot and you're trying to cool it down but eat it at the same time and you're doing a bit of these. You do. That's yeah. That's me. I'm doing that every time. Yeah, and that that sound effect's now going uh, across the world for our <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, and as you said, uh, and for our international listeners, I guess what I could say is like a pizza with really, really hot cheese or I can't think of like another equivalent, but pies are just always the hottest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just simply, I, I can't even remember. I don't know about you, JL, but I can't remember what it's like to, to lay up in that situation. I I always just scoff it down and um, always do the sound effect. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. Um, but a personal personal favourite of mine is when you got a party pie at home and you're allowed to be, you know, a little bit fancy and you get out one of those sporks, like the spoon fork things, and you, you rip off the lid, <laughs> sauce, mix it through, then put the lid back on. And that's, that's, the, a, that's, that's the, best. The, uh, the best way to eat a party pie. That's probably the best way to cool it down. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Rowdy. You're our first ever special guest on the Bronx Shear Basketball Show. Hopefully uh, next time you're on, you and uh, – you and Ben Simmons will have carried the Sixers and the Boomers to multiple championships. Yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, that's a dream. Thanks, JL. Mate, my pleasure. And thank you, Rowdy. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening to the Bronxshire Basketball Show. It was so awesome to have Ryan Brockoff as our first special guest today for our tenth episode. 
Once again, we're on social media on Twitter, Bronxshire B Ball, Facebook and Instagram, simply the Bronxshire Basketball. We're on any podcast app. And if you are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review and give us a five-star rating. We hope to bring you many more guests and much more great content. So make sure you hit subscribe or follow on whatever the button is on your podcast app. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time.